Hey kids, do you want to know what a multi-purpose fighting machine type 3 is? Well, pay attention, because we're about to talk about it here on... Godzilla Destroy All Podcasts. Alright, alright. Come on in, my beautiful babies. My my kaiju my kaiju children, my kaiju cult, the cult of kaiju. Hello, welcome. I am your wonderful and charismatic cult leader. I mean uh host. No, that was correct. <laughs> Logan Vo. We're joined today by my guest host, the perennial guest host. I am the co-host. I'm not falling for that again. You you've always said you're the guest host. No. <laughs> I always fall for it is the issue. I am the co-host, Mr. Charles Witherspoon. Charles Montgomery Witherspoon. How you doing, Chuck? I am doing fantastic. Fantastic, actually. huh? I have I've seen better days, but I've also experienced far worse. But I'm doing pretty good. Today. I mean, it's about to be 70 degrees in the middle of December. I know. <laughs> I woke up. and I'm like, why am I so hot? Yeah, and then next Wednesday it's going to be like 70 degrees here in the Midwest. Remember the people. Global warming is a serious thing. It's called climate change now. Yes. Yeah. Um. So besides that, besides the existential dread of the world as we know it, how you doing, Charles? I've uh, I've been fine. Uh, had a bit of a scare there for a while because uh, my girlfriend got the COVID and I had to stay home for a week. But you did not get the COVID. No, my body has the best immune system. But you system. had the first shot. Yeah, but still, like, I'm still waiting on that second shot, actually. You need to get that done. Yeah, well, apparently, when I went and got the first shot, it was on a Saturday. And Walgreens says they automatically schedule the next one for three weeks later. Which would have been, again, for me on a Saturday. But out of nowhere, bef- like a couple days before I was supposed to get the second shot, they weren't open anymore on the weekend. I'm like, what the fuck? That's, well, that's weird. Yeah, like the pharmacy closes on the weekend now. I'm like, why? Well, I mean, <laughs> so now I gotta... Call and reschedule? Yeah. I gotta right. find a day where I don't stay over at work so I can actually go there before they close the pharmacy, too. That's true. Yeah. Um. I'm boosted. I'm vaccinated and boosted like a good boy. And yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to go see Spider-Man next week. Yeah, we are. It's my first time going to the movie theater in like two years. Dude, it's been like four or five. So you, so before COVID, you haven't gone to a movie theater in like three years before that. I probably did, but I don't recall it. Was the Godzilla movie the last one we saw? You went to movie theater? We went to go see the second the, Godzilla movie. Yeah, the King of the Monsters, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the last time I saw in theaters, and it wasn't even the one in town. It was the IMAX. Yeah, we, we went, went to, to the, the Quad Cities. Huh. Yeah, that was the last time I went. <laughs> I don't need to go with friends now. Fair enough. I mean, I was I was prepared to go see Spider-Man this coming week by myself, because I'm like, I don't think... Because like, everyone's like, no, we're going to go this weekend, or we're going to go and wait go with my wife. My wife going to make it a date, and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I just want a movie friend to go with. And I'm like, Charles... Charles is a movie friend. Yeah. Charles, will you go see it with me? And you're like, yes. And I'm like, all right. So. It's the one Spider-Man movie I'm actually wanting to go and watch. So Thursday at 4 p.m. we're going to go see Spider-Man. I like how I'm your one friend who doesn't give a shit about a significant other enough to go see a movie with you. (laughs) Don't let her hear that. Oh, my God. (laughs) Pam, don't listen to this one. Um, It's not true. I love you very much. She doesn't listen. No, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So 
I got I got a fun story, Charles. Yeah. I know this is a Godzilla podcast and we just talk about Spider-Man for three minutes. But um part of being a podcast host is getting people to let let people to get to know you a little more. Yes. Have I was at work yesterday and I just had like the weirdest flashback of when I was a child in school and like you know when you're like, man, like you feel bad about something as a kid, and then like you're an adult and you look back and it's even more messed up than you think? I've had a couple of those memories, yeah. So I had kind of a traumatic experience as a child, and I kind of remembered it. And I'm like, oh, it's way worse. It could have been way worse than I even remember. Uh, it's not awful. It's not, like, really traumatic. I'm not getting that deep on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, maybe for another time. I'm not going deep into trauma. All right, so there was two instances in class, different grades, where I said something, and the whole class, or the, at least the teacher, stopped what they were doing to shame me. The hell did you say? Here's the weird thing. It wasn't that bad. So the first one, I remember very clearly, I was in the first grade. And we all sat down on the little the little carpet where you sit down to read. And like the teacher will read from the book. And it's like, yeah, oh, hey, we're going to read from the book. Read that read. big circle rug. That every yeah, the circle has. rug that every elementary school in the world has. Um, And we're sitting down. And she hands everyone like a little whiteboard. A little whiteboard where you can write something. Yeah. And I remember the girl sitting next to me said, what in the world? And I said, yeah, what the heck? And I remember one of my friends literally looked at me, gasped, and covered his mouth, and the rest of the class stopped with the room to look at me, and the teacher said, don't ever say that again. Because he said heck? Because I said heck? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> the fuck? I'm like thinking, I'm like, I'm seven, first grade's like six, seven years old. I'm watching cartoons that say heck all the time. Yeah. Heck is a heck is a free play word to yeah, say like as a child. They, they use heck to censor hell. Like what the fuck? Yeah. So I'm like, that's that's weird. As a kid, I'm like, that's weird. And to this day, I'm still like, that's weird. But the one that's really fucking weird. Um. Also, I, so I know we have a couple parents that listen. Is heck heck is heck is okay, right? For like a child under ten. Yeah, I always thought it was like. Right. Let me know. Hit us up on the Instagram or the Twitter. Like heck heck's all right, right? Like, for a five, six-year-old? All right, anyways. The real weird one was when I was 12, and I was in the seventh grade. Okay? You know, you've known a bit more. I've, <laughs> I've matured a few <laughs> years in that time. And I don't remember the exact circumstance, but I remember my friends and I were talking about something, and the teacher was handing out papers. Um, and we were, and one of my friends said, like, oh, like, I'm super cool, or something like that. And like, oh, yeah, well, I'm, like, mega cool. And I said, well, I'm a stud. And it was right then when the teacher walked up, looked at me right in the eyes. I was in the front of the row. I was in the front row. She said, I don't ever want to hear you say that again. And I was like, what? I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking, like, I'm a stud. How is that bad? And this is me thinking at that time. Right. I thought maybe, okay, we're in a farming community. To be a stud in the farming community means if you're a, 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 a bull as a stud, you go out and ship them out to make babies with other cow because they have good breed, right? So you want the babies to be good breed. Yeah. That's what a stud is. So I thought maybe, like, okay, she doesn't want me referencing the reproductive systems of horses or something. Like, all right, whatever. But now thinking as an adult, this was what my memory brought me back yesterday. Like, the first thing that came to my mind is, is she calling you ugly? So that's, at that time, I didn't think that. But now as an adult, looking back, and I had that memory pop in my head, like, this bitch didn't want me to have self-esteem. 
Like, like, fuck her. She's like, oh, no, no. You know, this is a very important time. You're 12, 13 years old. You need to develop social skills and self-esteem and self-confidence. Oh, you're developing a little bit? No, you're as ugly as a box turtle's ass. You don't get to have self-esteem. You're not a stud. How does a a teacher, like, low-key shame you like that? I don't know. So, yesterday, all day at work, I'm like, this fucking bitch. I'm ugly? Like, you don't gotta call me out like that. Her name was Mrs. Beetle. First off, your name is Mrs. Beetle. You don't get to tell an 11-year-old that he's ugly. Oh, you should have retorted with some joke about her living or dating Beetlejuice or some shit. No, I that was I was I was just I felt really awful but very confused at the time. I was like, why why is it not why am I not allowed to say I'm a stud? And I'm trying to think like did she think I said something else? No, like what could possibly be mis- No, she thought I was ugly and didn't want me to have self-esteem. I'm sure of it. That is Kind of fucked up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write my congressman. <laughs> Is that what they did back in the day? <laughs> yes, they write your congressman about any petty little thing. It's fantastic. Jesus. So that's my dumb little story about traumatic childhood events, which aren't super traumatic, but looking back, no, but you know, kind of fucked up when you think about it. Little, little messed up. Te- if you're a teacher out there, don't call your students ugly. <laughs> Yes. Very, very damning for this. You know what? I should ask Ben. Ben, on my other podcast, is a middle school teacher. Yeah. I'm going to ask him, be like, hey, if your kid, if one of your students said they were a stud, would you get mad? I feel like Ben would say, like, wait, what would Ben say, actually? I, mm, I feel like he'd encourage it without making it look like he's purposely encouraging. He I would be know. like, right on, dude. You do you. I think yeah, that's I think what, that's about that's about right. Yeah. And then he'll just say something that doesn't discourage him, but wouldn't, like, promote it. And he'd be like, you know what else is a stud? Frodo. And he'd talk about, like, Lord of the Rings for, like, 20 minutes in class. <laughs> That's what Ben's reaction would be. Fucking Frodo. All right. Let's get on topic like, today, Why Charles. Frodo, Because he loves Lord of the Rings. No, I mean, but why would he say it after, like, Frodo? Well, because you can't say Samwise Ganji, because even though he is a stud, he's not classically handsome. As to where an Elijah would, Frodo, oh, okay. he, one, he's from Iowa, two, he's very classically good-looking, so he's a stud. So relatable, got it. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, let's get to our uh, our actual topic well, Let's today. get on topic. We're talking about the big metal dragon, Kiryu. Yes, we are. For those of you who don't know, he is the third incarnation of Mecha Godzilla. But he's not the biggest. No, he is... Actually, I think he's almost the smallest, or tied for the smallest. Uh, I think he's the same size as the Showa. Let me look that yeah, up Yeah, Showa quick. one's also 60 meters, right? Or is he 50 Let meters? Me, I, I will double-check that right now. Continue to talk about Kiryu. All right. So, anyway, talking about height and weight, we'll start off with our uh, statistics on that. As always, we'll uh, start with his height, which is actually 60 meters, mm-hmm. which we're about to compare to the original Showa Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla. We'll find out that in a minute. Original Showa Mechazilla is 50 meters. All right, so, so he's, he's not 10 meters the smallest. Taller. You know, it actually kind of makes sense since they have all the armor plating around the bones. He would be a little bit taller than. Yeah, makes sense. And as far as weight goes, actually, you know, can you look up the original weight for the, the Showa Godzilla? For the 54 Godzilla. Not the, the Mecha, 54 Godzilla. The, the actual 54, because those are the bones he used. I want to see what the weight difference is between the actual Godzilla and the Mecha that was made with his bones. You got it, sir. But anyway, the Mecha's weight is 36,000 tons, which oh, goes wow. up to 40,000 tons if he's wearing his back unit. All right. Original Mecha Godzilla, 1954. We just did this the last episode. 50 meters tall, 20,000 metric tons. So yeah, that adds a lot of weight. 
Well, it's just also just the bones. Well, with the back unit, though, it's like 40,000. He doubles in weight with the metal materials on him. Um, The Showa weight of Mechagodzilla, going back to Showa Mechagodzilla, my favorite, 40,000 metric tons. And that's without a back unit. That's without a back unit. So, so he's got a good 4,000 tons on him. Mm-hmm. Showa does. Yeah, the Mecha Showa does. So Mecha Showa is heavier than Millennium Showa, but Millennium Showa is 10 meters taller. So he's got more width to him then. Uh, he's just a beefy boy. Also, actually, that you're one taller is... than me, but I'm fatter than you. Well, so. it could also be that the since the Showa one is made of space metal, that metal could just be denser and heavier. <laughs> the space metal is is more dense. <laughs> I like that. And yeah, as we stated, he the Kiryu Mechagodzilla from Millennium was made around the bones of the 1954 Godzilla from the first movie Godzilla. True. Um, so this Mechagodzilla appears in two movies. Yeah, he appears in Godzilla Against Mechagodzilla and Godzilla Tokyo SOS. And in the Millennium series, no other movie is tied together except these two. For some odd reason. I mean, I think it's a, a fun creative thing. Like, well, let's just make a new story every time. Yeah, but I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. But I, li- I also liked how uh, Heisei's series, like, almost the entire run was one cohesive story. True. And Showa technically is, but there's also time jumps because... I mean, there's a, there's a time jump in the Heisei, too, but it's, they still kept the story going But with it's it, in though. the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> Destroy All Monsters takes place in the year 1999, but the rest of the continuity takes place, like, in the timeline in the 70s and stuff. Like, it's... Yeah. yeah, they have time jumps. They say it has time and travel. And then some are just dreams of a child. We don't talk about that one. We're going to have to cover that motherfucker I at some point. I don't want to, though. <laughs> All right. Um, when did you first see these movies? Because you love Kiryu. Uh, He's one of your favorite. He's probably your top three favorites. I think the first Millennium movie I actually saw was Final Wars, because it was for rent in a library. Okay. And if that was when I saw in it. In a what? In a library. Okay, I, when I thought I, uh, you said library. I'm like, I had to, I had to flame you if you said library. Stop. <laughs> I lived in a city, or I don't know if it was a city or a town, probably a town called Marion for a while. That was how I see the rapids, yep. Yeah. And uh, I could walk to a library that was close enough to the house, and they actually had Godzilla movies for rent. And that's where I saw a lot of Godzilla movies that I hadn't gotten to see before. Okay. And I think Final Wars was in that. And so that was probably the first time I saw a Millennium movie. So but after that, Kiryu's not in that. Yeah, except a small cameo as a toy on the floor. Yeah, actually. But, but uh, then I actually had to find a way to look up the other Millennium movies, and then I saw probably these two a year or two later. Okay. And if we're so going in high school, pretty much. Oh, freshman year. So, okay. and if I saw those a year or two later, either sophomore or junior year high school for me, which would have been. Did any of your teachers call you ugly? <laughs> No, they called me sleepy. Okay. I was always that kid in the back sleeping all the time. I don't know how I graduated. Well, at least none of your teachers called you ugly, Charles. No, but they got tired of telling me to wake up and just let me sleep after a while. Fair enough. My first time seeing these movies was two days ago. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. I'd never seen any of the Millennium movies, Charles. Oh, I thought you would have at least heard or seen one of those, though. One of the more popular ones. No, I know of them. When we lived together, I know you had the DVDs of these. Yeah, I thought maybe I would have made you watch one at some point. No, I... For some reason... Because I'm such a Showa fan, I just wanted to watch a Showa movies, mostly. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot of those back in that time. And then we also watched the Mecha Godzilla movie together. Or Mecha Mecha King Ghidorah movie, so... Yeah. The Ghidorah and Heisei movie. Yes, yeah, so I had majority Heisei and 
some Showa and maybe one or two Millennium back yeah, then. But I know I had monsters. I know I had Tokyo SOS back then. I was surprised I didn't make you watch it. I'm surprised you didn't either. You failed as a roommate. You know, I bet you I tried and you just said no. I probably did because I'm a stubborn person. And yeah. When I, when I just want to watch a movie with King Ghidorah, I'm like, no, I don't want to watch Mechagodzilla. I, I want like King Ghidorah. Four movies of King Ghidorah. Yeah. So he's in so many. As he deserves to be. He is true. He's, he's the like, top villain, in my opinion. He's like number one in the top five. Yes. Where does this Mechagod? This is your favorite Mechagodzilla, correct? It is. Here, you is your favorite. Yes. Is because you saw him first. No, it's, I actually I actually like his design the best. And the fact that he has a laundry list of powers. Okay. Also, I just kind of liked how cool he looked, I guess. I don't know. I like the Kiryu design more than the Heisei design. Heisei is too clean, you know? Like, too... It looks nice, but it's got a simple design to it. Yeah, it, it's it, it just looks too polished. It looks over-polished, you know? It looks like someone paid someone to make it look better. I don't like that. This mm. Kiryu one, it has, like, the rubber on the shoulders and the uh, armpits, you know, like, you can see the... I like that. Yeah, I think they went with that design because... Same with the Showa. Yeah, like, they even made it look like it had a rib cage, because they wanted to make it look kind of skeletal mm-hmm. in design. And uh, in Tokyo SOS, they actually uh, had a some black shading added to the to the metal to give it that gun finish. Gun metal finish. Yeah, the gun metal finish. Okay. Yeah, I, Which I I actually like that touch to it. It was really nice. Yeah, that's a nice touch. So this is my second favorite Mechagodzilla design, but Showa is top because I like that steampunky, like nineteen seventies version. Rivets of the around every line. Yeah, I like that. The over riveting is like chef kiss. <laughs> so we went into what he appears in. Um, who's the suit actor for this big metal boy? There were two. And I'm going to apologize well ahead of time. I can hardly pronounce one of these names. All right, I'll get the first one. We won't get the second <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, you go ahead and say the first. I'll one. I'll say the easier one. Uh, Hirofume, uh, Isiaki, Isi Isi. I'm gonna go with Izigaki. I'm gonna yeah, go with that, that one. Yeah, the G's there. The G, yeah, Izi Isigaki. Gaki, Gaki, yeah, Gaki. I'm going with that. Isi, Isi, <laughs> this Isi is Gaki. why we apologize. I, I am of Vietnamese descent. I'm not of Japanese descent, so I can't, I can't do these. Words. I'm American. You're American. America. Uh, and then the other one is Motokune Nakagawa. How do you think that one was harder? Uh, no, I said the the one you did was harder. I gave oh, you that one. You gave me the hard one. Yeah, right. I gave you. You're the one that said it was easier. The guy with the speech impediment. You're gonna make say the harder words. <laughs> you're yeah. the one that said it was easier. I have a learning disorder. I'm dyslexic. I thought you were gonna say the one I said. No, I no. All right, that's on you, man. <laughs> Don't throw me under the so bus. So we got so we got these two guys um, who are the suit actors. Um, and that's that's really the the Hirofume. He this is his only real suit acting gig. That I could find. Did uh, Matsukune do a whole lot other than this? Um, he was Final Wars as Monster X King Caesar. Oh, that's cool. Yep, and then Kaiser Ghidorah when Ghidorah goes all cool. I'm not the biggest fan of the Kaiser Ghidorah. I like the Monster X look, but the See, Kaiser I'm Ghidorah. I'm the opposite. We'll get into the we'll get into that debate when we cover Final Wars finally at some point. But I don't like the Monster X design, but I like the the Kaiser Ghidorah. I'm reverse. That's interesting. All right, what are some powers and abilities of this big beefy boy? All right. We're, oh, we're first, gonna... hang on. We mentioned it earlier. 
what is the kanji the the name kiryu where does that come so from so kiryu the kanji for kiryu translates to machine dragon awesome which is probably another reason why i like it because i like dragons yeah, you do like dragons, don't you? Dude, I drew, like, the shittiest dragons in my notebook before I stopped doing it. So, like, yesterday? No, You're I'm... still drawing, like, big old hand on the paper, trying to draw your dragons. No, I gave up on the dragons. Now I just draw little symbols and emblems and shit. Yeah, you're an occultist. Yeah. All right, tell me about the powers and abilities of Kiryu. All right, so... There's a, there's a lot of them. Yeah. So, normally, when we cover abilities on monsters, it's, like, maybe... Two or three, possibly five. This guy's got like ten. <laughs> Easy with him. So first off, we'll start with uh, his twin Mazer cannon, which he's got mounted in his mouth. So he just fires off electric blasts out of his mouth. Then he's got railgun cannons. I like the look of the Mazer cannon. It's like cool. Yeah, like the, the yellow electric. electric. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, electric laser color. I like that. Yeah, it looks really cool. I like how it jaggeds forward. Like, the way it arcs. Yeah, it kind of looks like uh, like Sith lightning. Yeah, kind of. That's what I was trying to f- remember what it looked like. Um, but it's yellow. And fun fact, yellow lightning is actually in Star Wars, and it's used by a Jedi. Yeah. So then we got a Star Wars Je- reference from Godzilla. There we go. It's used by Master Plo. Yes. Oh, hey, there you go. There you go. Then I know got, my Star Wars, but... I didn't say you didn't. <laughs> I was just trying to make a reference and sound cool, and then you threw me out of the way and said, yeah, I know exactly who uses it, too. I was like, all right. Thought it was cool. Yeah, you're pretty cool, Chuck. You're cool. I'm all right. Everyone likes you. I don't like everyone, though. It's <laughs> <laughs> a couple people. Um, his next ability is his rail guns, which are mounted in both of his arms. He actually has uh, different types. I forgot which one. I think one's a type 2, one's a type 3. Uh, type 0 in the against, and then type 4. In Tokyo? In Tokyo SOS. All right. And then... Uh, I don't know the differences. <clears throat> I just know they have different names. Uh, the lasers are different colors. I think... And, I think, uh, yeah. One's like old pink. And against one is like a reddish pink in uh, Tokyo. It's like more of a goldish yellow. I don't know the, the damage of which they do or they take more or less energy. I'm assuming just... the one in Tokyo SOS is higher damage because when you upgrade, why would you go down? Fair enough. Uh, and then another thing which I thought was cool, and I think you told me you liked too, because of when you saw it, his Mazer blade that shoots out of his arm. Yeah, the Baraka blade. Yeah. I don't know if it's in both arms, they didn't confirm it, but as far as I know, it's only in the right arm. It only appears in the movie that I saw in that one arm. It shoots out of his wrist, stabs Godzilla, then gives him a little little taze. Yeah. Looks cool. It's a cool shot. Yeah. It reminded me of the uh, arm blades that a couple characters use in the Underworld series. I just thought of Baraka from from Mortal Kombat. I'm not that big on Mortal Kombat, though. Um, but then Godzilla breaks that off and just throws it to the he side. Is, yeah, he just blasts it off his arm and it just falls off. <laughs> Never to be seen again. Yeah, I was like, he used it once. And then Godzilla's like, no more of that. No, fuck that noise. And then we can move on to his back unit, which is like a jetpack. But it also houses a lot of his missiles and rockets. Which do nothing to Godzilla. Well, you got to remember, though. This Kiryu Mechagodzilla wasn't designed just to combat Godzilla. It was designed to combat any kaiju that attacked Japan. That is true. And missiles do work on other kaijus, just not Godzilla. I just like when, like, they're in the first movie against Mechagodzilla, 
they're building up that they spent like the first the first 20 30 minutes of the movie is just Japan breaking their arm patting themselves on the back we built this amazing mech from nothing we are the cuz all Godzilla movies are kind of nationalist towards you know Japan yeah and they're all like, we are the greatest hens of technology. We built a giant robot lizard. And then, like, they do the cool, slow creep because, like, they have to have the white herring jets bring in Mechagodzilla. And he comes in and they gently put him down. He's all like, look at me. I'm cool. I'm Mechagodzilla. And he shoots all the rockets and Godzilla's just sitting there. Yeah, he doesn't even flinch. I actually, when I rewatched it yesterday, he just, he just stands there and just takes it like, okay. He's like, oh, you're shooting spit wads at me. Bro. Yeah, essentially, like you're spitting wads of paper at me. Like this it, is nothing, nothing to him. So just like that whole buildup, and that's the first thing they do. And Godzilla's like, "I can leave if you got nothing better." Like, <laughs> and then the people control are like, "Hmm, well, that didn't work." Nope. Back to the drawing board. And then they're like, "All right, switch to the twin maser cannon. One blast of that, and Godzilla's like, holy shit." He, that woke him up a little bit. Yeah, like, that kind of startled him. Apparently, the explanation that went with that in the movie was Godzilla was so bewildered by what he saw, he didn't know how to react properly. No, I think he was more like, let's see what it's got. Oh, it's got nothing. And I mean, yeah, that's that's our reaction, but in movie reaction, they're like, uh, he was probably super bewildered. I'm like, nah, he's just kind of I don't think anyone in the movies knows what Godzilla's thinking, except in the Heisei series. Where yeah, like, when they're, like, mind-controlling his yeah. ass. Alright, so the back units... Yeah, it's got uh, multiple interlocking rockets, multi-purpose guided missiles, both of which do nothing. I like how in SOS, it's a different design for the rocket, for the backpack. Yeah. And they can shoot off individually... And create its own explosion. Yeah, and uh, and the uh, and then against uh, he breaks off the missile chambers on it, and then they just like say screw it and launch the backpack at him to give some some space so mm-hmm. he can push him back. But it doesn't even explode; it just stops, runs out of fuel, drops to the ground. Godzilla just kicks it away. Right. But in Tokyo SOS, it can fire off the missile chambers separately and then launch the and then they explode on contact. Yeah, which was pretty cool. And one when it exploded. It, it actually knocked him to the ground. Knocked Godzilla to the ground. Yeah. Pronouns, pal. Sorry. <laughs> and then we have his main weapon, which was the Absolute Zero Cannon, which is terrifying to actually see employed. We got an Even- argument when <laughs> yeah, you we- first came over before we yeah. started recording about this fucking ability. <laughs> we got into an argument. So explain what it does first. All right. So the Absolute Zero Cannon, what it does is it reduces... The molecules and whatever it hits to such a low temperature, which is called absolute zero. There's an actual degree that they say, but I don't remember the actual degree. Absolute it, zero. There's an actual temperature called absolute no, zero. No, it's just actually called absolute yeah. zero. All right, well, it reduces the, temp- the temperature of whatever it hits to absolute zero down to the last molecule. Um, and the theoretical just- temperature would be negative 273.15 degrees Celsius, or yeah. zero Kelvin. Yeah, so that's right absolute zero. And once it reaches that temperature, whatever it hits will just turn into, like, a pile of snow dust. Basically. Essentially. And we never actually get to see him hit Godzilla with it, which is what started the argument. So, describe what it looks like really quick. It looks like um, his chest cavity will open up in a triangle T-pose type thing, Mm -hmm. and it'll generate an ice ball, which takes actually quite a bit of time for them to charge up, which gives Godzilla enough time to retaliate, and then it fires straight off. And it's this really cool blue, white, bright, Colored. Yeah, it looks like a ball of blue and white light. Think of ball lightning. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, also, it consumes 40% of Kaiju Kiryu's energy yeah. to shoot one of these. But we'll get into the energy later. 
So what our argument was, at the end of Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, Godzilla is being flown away because he's being grabbed by Mechagodzilla, or Kiryu. While he's charging up the Absolute Zero Cannon. And then they hit the water, and then in the water, the beam finally hits Godzilla, and it like crystallizes a shitload of water. Godzilla reemerges. He's got a huge hole in his chest, and he kind of walks off, and Mechagodzilla's like... Well, that's all the power I got left, so I gotta, gotta kind of stand Also, here. we're kind of underplaying the hole in this guy's chest. Like, this chest cavity hole was so deep. I think the I think the phrase I went was, how did we not see a still beating heart in there? So, our argument happened. I asked, because there it, it gets its power from the syn- giant th- synthetic diamond, which I don't really understand how that works scientifically, but it's Godzilla movies, so I'm gonna dispend disbelief, suspend disbelief. Um... So in Tokyo SOS, they don't have the absolute zero cannon anymore. So they just have like an extra giant, huge maser cannon yeah. come out of the chest. And the reason they don't have the cannon anymore is because it was damaged in the fight with Godzilla when it exploded underwater. I want to know, from a writing point of view, why did they do that? Because you have this, possibly the strongest weapon that humans have ever made against Godzilla besides the oxygen destroyer. We never get to see it actually hit Godzilla. Yeah, because it detonated underwater, so I never got to actually see it. We never actually got to see it. And then my other side of the argument... And then you just say, no, it's broken, we don't get to use that toy anymore. No, I didn't say that. I said... That's what I say. Oh, okay. Well, I defended that by saying the reason they probably didn't have it, even from the writer's perspective, was because it made sense economically. Because they said in the movie that they couldn't afford another diamond that size, they had a budget. But why say it breaks? Because it makes You could sense. just write, you don't have to write the fact that it breaks. When Kiryu exploded underwater, lost his his own mechanism that controlled the blast, and an arm, I'd say that was enough sufficient damage to explode a diamond. I'm just saying, it's like you have this buildup of, here's this real, they spend like a lot of time no, in the I, this movie. I'm not saying I wasn't disappointed about they it They say either. how awesome this fucking thing is. They spend a lot of time in the movie discussing this. We never get to see it hit Godzilla. It destroys three buildings, and we see it hit him underwater. That's it. Why have this fucking thing? Like, I'm just kind of frustrated by the writers of this movie to do that. It's 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 Godzilla blue balls. I I know it is. Like, but it's, oh my god, I'm just angry by it. All I can say is that it makes sense from the movie perspective. Like, how are you supposed to be it, able to afford a diamond that big though. twice? It do- you can afford to build a giant robot g- lizard, but you can't afford a second diamond? Well, they blew the whole budget on the first one. <laughs> Where's your... Pri- like, your whole priority is to, like... Build this giant robot. Well, they also did say they were getting help from, like, other countries on the first one. Probably other countries didn't want to spend that much money on a second one. How much can a giant synthetic... It's synthetic. It's it's man-made. So it's not as valuable as a real diamond. I don't know the science of making a diamond. Synthetic or not, or whether... I'm just frustrated. I don't even know if it's possible to make a diamond as big as it said. No, it's not. Larger than, like, five people. It's not possible to make a giant robot 60 meters tall because the weight of it... You don't know that. Our technology may not just be advanced enough. No, the, the like the physics, the weight of the machine could not be supported. Like it's physics. That's why. Like that's why you make it bottom heavy. No, that's why. Like building. Like even if you go by like buildings, you build a building. You can't have a three story building be made out of wood, or is it a four story building because the wood wouldn't support the weight. 
because then you got to build concrete. And then this metal is going to fold under its own weight. Like 40,000 tons is a ton of weight, Charles. Yeah, but it's distributed. <sighs> Just physically, it can't happen like by physics. So, so like the same argument I'm, that the Godzilla in Legendary wouldn't actually be able to stand in all fours. No, he crushed under his, his own weight. His kneecaps would explode. <laughs> So just this goddamn absolute zero canon. We're gonna have if you if you don't like our arguing like this, listener, next episode you're just gonna wanna skip because next episode is literally it's gonna just be a huge argument. The next arg the next episode's literally we're gonna discuss who's the better Mechagodzilla, the Showa Mechagodzilla or Kiryu. The reason we're not bringing the Heisei Mechagodzilla into it is because he's literally twice the size and has Honestly, he, he's killed stuff. Godzilla. Yeah, he's actually beaten him, and we'll we'll go into that when we actually cover so that. So Heisei is technically probably the best Mecha Godzilla, but yeah. between these two, because they're about the same size of Showa and and Mecha uh, and Kiryu. But like, we got we got to sh- we're gonna we're gonna shelve this argument for next episode because, <laughs> god damn, yeah, it's already getting heated here. Imagine the next episode. All right, I feel bad for Dan. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a third person come on to like be like the. The the moderator the, the and tiebreaker essentially, tiebreaker, yeah. Who is uh? He's from what we can tell. We'll a introduce him next good week. High, a good fan, yeah, yeah. We'll introduce him next week if he comes on. Anyway, let's get to the the rest of these abilities. We got like fifteen more to do. So, <laughs> well, not quite that many, but there's still at least another five or six. Yeah, we got about halfway before we got into the argument again. All right, what's the next ability? The next one is um, these abilities are actually put onto him. After he lost the cannon as well in Tokyo SOS. SOS. Yeah, these are he SOS. also Since he also lost his right arm, which had the uh, the Mazer Blade, they didn't actually make another Mazer Blade. Instead, they made an anti-beast drilling device, which is also called the Spiral Claw. So he could transform his right hand into a basically a drill, which he actually used, and put a hole back into the chest cavity where the wound was prior. It's pretty cool. And then used... His next new weapon, the Triple Hyper Mazer Cannon, in conjunction with his already Twin Mazer Cannon, to attack that new wound that was reopened and made, and that's how he beat him. So yeah, in place of the Absolute Zero Cannon, they they give him a, a Triple Hyper Cannon in the chest. So same thing, it opens up the chest cavity and shoots the the cool yeah instead of stick. charging up the absolute zero it just fires off the triple hyper mazican and immediately so and in my eyes it's a bit more beneficial because it's also really high damaging like even if it wasn't hitting the chest wound they could actually do some damage it also doesn't have a charge up time they can just fire it right off true so i think that might also have been the beneficial part of it We'll get. Or I don't want to get in this argument again. It's <laughs> it's cool. I. It's not as good as the absolute zero cannon, obviously. And then he uh, was also equipped with uh, high tensile strength wire. This was used when this when he uh, picked up Godzilla to fly him out to sea. He wrapped him up in the wire for extra grip and to hold him in place. Mm-hmm. And uh, I should I should correct myself. The actual people controlling Kiryu didn't do that. That was at that point the spirit of the 1954 Godzilla possessed Kiryu and made him do that. Yes. So because it's made of the bones of the original Godzilla, kind of has a hard time following orders to kill. Yeah. Oh, uh, we didn't mention this earlier, but he actually is controlled by a DNA computer, and the DNA sample used was marrow from the skeleton. I like how we argued over if a synthetic diamond could be made big enough 
to fit this. And then they have a thing called a DNA computer. Like, we just like, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. No argument there. Yeah. <laughs> no argument about it. I think it's because of how absurd that is. Yes. Apparently it works like a thousand times better than any processor in the world. Um, In the comic books, he uses the wire more than in the movies. Because um, he only really used the wire in SOS. Yeah, he only used the wire when in that one instance in SOS. To fly him out to sea. Which, like, both movies have the same ending. Kind of a bummer. But Sadly. Uh, against Mechagodzilla is very good. Tokyo SOS, not as good. He's better equipped than Tokyo SOS with, without the exception of the canon. But We're going to get into the plot of the movies, but, like, I have problems with Tokyo SOS. I have a lot of problems with Tokyo SOS. Uh, Mecha against is really Me- uh, Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla is a very good movie. I very much enjoyed it. All right, um, and then he's he's very good at hand to hand combat. Mecha Godzilla, yeah, um, using he's, a lot of tail whips, fast and- enough to duck his uh, heat ray. He can pick him up and throw him. They did this cool like shoulder charge thing. Yeah, when uh, he was deployed for the second time and against, uh, Godzilla's about to take out a hospital. <laughs> as fucked up as that sounds. As Godzilla's one to uh, do. The uh, pilot for Mecha Godzilla had him detach midair and jetpack down at a high speed and shoulder check Godzilla before he could blast the hospital. <laughs> and the fact that he could do that and not damage himself in the process doing that was amazing. That's how durable this guy is. He shoulder-checked Godzilla while jetpacking out of the sky at a high speed. That is That does kind and of... And not a yeah. dent on him. Um, and then this one can fly? Yeah, uh, in, both, in, in both movies, he does have a temporary or limited flight, as I stated. Mm-hmm. But the reason that the flight is limited is because it's only used as much as they they use it sparringly basically because they don't want to drain his power right because one of the major downfalls to kiryu which is the only major downfall he has I two can downfalls see. don't don't he has two downfalls all right fine the the bigger one in my opinion is the fact that he has a two-hour battery life essentially which is a bummer however so because of that they can extend that battery life with those white herring jets that fly him around by emitting energy from them to him right so if they need to they could charge back up but then his second big flaw is he has a ghost of a godzilla in him that will not follow orders well it won't follow kill orders every well, time they, every time they gave the order to finish off the godzilla that's when the soul is like no and then it destroys the city yeah the first time it did yeah <laughs> yeah so Earlier we mentioned we'll get into when, uh, it. We'll get into it when we get in the plot of the movie. Okay, okay. But yeah, the 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 spirit will just take over and fuck shit up. At least in one circumstance. So yeah, two downfalls, Charles. Right, well, you know that was the last ability, so we can get into the plot of the movie now. <laughs> okay. What's the plot? Well, you want to talk about the white herrings really quick? Yeah, actually, we only sparringly mentioned them. Um, the white herrings were used to back up and deploy Godzilla uh, Kiryu. The reason they used him to deploy was to save on battery power. Because they didn't want him using up a lot of power flying over to where he was needed. And then for the most part, the pilots are... The pilot for Mecha Godzilla is in one of the White Herons. Yeah, so if the White Herons are actually taken out, then the Godzilla is just going to sit there unresponsive. Mm-hmm. Unless they get, unless the soul takes over. Um, and then... So it, I guess that's like a third downfall if you take out the yeah. pilots. <laughs> um, the, they do have their own, like, dual pulsating cannon weapons. Yeah, so if... Uh, 
if Kiryu runs out of power, the white herring, two of the white herrings will distract Godzilla while the third one restores power. And then they can fly at 330 mile kilometers, sorry, kilometers per hour, or 750 kilometers per hour when lifting Kiryu. I don't recall the Mach speed they can reach when not carrying him, though. I don't know. the Probably three or four, I don't know. I know, like, Mach, Mach 4 is the speed of sound or some shit. I don't know. I'm not a pilot. Yeah, we don't fly. Um, but yeah, that's White Herring. They're basically, like, cool-looking jets. And they are actually quite large. Like, they are larger meters. than your average jet, yeah. 30 meters in length. Big boys. Yeah, like, Godzilla had one in his mouth, and it was almost twice the size of his head. <laughs> I shit you not. Like, do you remember that scene in yeah. Against, where he was, like, he grabbed it midair with his mouth? And the one dude's like, blast him, I don't care! And uh, that's actually how it ended up being a point-blank blast with the Absolute Zero Cannon. The pilot didn't want to sacrifice an ally, so charged Godzilla, pulled the herring out of the mouth, and then just held his mouth shut with the hand. Um, and then before we end the plot movie, Mechagodzilla does have one other cameo in the book Ready Player One. He's the big bad. Yeah, it was actually only the book, though. I was really sad, and I found out that the one they used in the movie was supposed to be Kiryu, but they didn't. They used it. I haven't seen the movie, but they used like a different design, so it's like a it's its own original. Mecha it looks Godzilla. closer to the Showa. It looks Showa-ish, but in the book, it actually does say Kiryu. Yeah. So, um, and then there's video game appearances and stuff, and the comic books. The ongoing comic book by IDW is really good. I, Check that out. I, I didn't need to, actually. I have the comic books I have that I bought a while back, but I haven't bought comic books in a long while. You you bring dishonor upon your whole family. We haven't gone to a comic book store in a while. We both bring dishonor upon our family. I was going to say, like, I'm not the only one not going. <laughs> I used to work at a comic book store, yeah, though, so I, I've paid my dues. Oh. All right. It's plot of... We'll start with Against. Against. Yes. <clears throat> All right. So, the plot of Against... In the beginning of the movie, God, a new Godzilla shows up and mm-hmm. uh, starts wreaking havoc. So Japan's like, okay, we don't have the oxygen destroyer to take care of this one. We need something that can. And their idea was to use the bones of the 54 Godzilla to make their own Mecha Godzilla to combat the new Godzilla. So they do show footage from the 54 movie. Yeah. They show Sarazawa going down. Which, like, how they get this footage? Like, because they're showing footage as if it's like a documentary. Yeah. And they're like, they actually show the Oxygen Destroyer, like, from the movie. Yeah, I actually didn't think about that. Like, hold on, did they have a guy with a camera in front of him when he activated the bombs? That didn't happen. Apparently, in this universe, they did. Um, But then they show Godzilla new footage of their own. They show the Godzilla getting eaten up by the Oxygen Destroyer and turning to bones. And there was some controversy about that scene. So it's either, I forgot to look this up, it's either it was so bad that people thought it was CG, but it was actually a puppet. Or the puppet was so bad, people thought it was CG. It's one of those two. I forgot to look it up. I remember there was like... When I rewatched this movie, I actually thought it was CG, but I'm pretty sure it's a puppet. Yeah, I think it's like a really bad puppet. And it yeah, looks I think like it's just CG. a bad puppet. But The eyes look really derpy on yeah, it. Yeah, they do. It's, they look really bad. It look, the whole thing looks smooth and derpy, and I'm like, that looks nothing like the 54 Godzilla. Nothing like him. Also beefier. Yeah. Um. So they destroy the 54 Godzilla in this universe also. Yeah. But other kaiju keep coming by to destroy shit. 
Yeah, like Mothra showed up and attacked at some point, and then mm. Bigfoot Gyra attacked at some point, and a few other ones that they didn't actually name. So you know we're running out of kaiju to do when we actually cover Gyra. Yeah. <laughs> that's bottom of the barrel. Yeah, those are like... We'll do it eventually, but that's bottom of the barrel I kaiju. I don't even know how long... That, we'll have to do that in conjunction with another one because of how short with the that other episode would be. Gyra and was it Sen- Sanga Sanga, something like that. That's bottom of the barrel Showa kaiju. Yeah. That's canon, but it's not great. Yeah, but back to the plot. So they basically spend all this time talking shit about how awesome this Mecha Godzilla is going to be. And then because they, they originally finally... build it to fight these other kaiju. Yeah, not specifically just Godzilla. They wanted it to fight anything that attacked them that was a kaiju. But then Godzilla shows up. <clears throat> yeah. Which is convenient. Yeah. And uh, so they built this up. They're talking. They're on news interviews and all this, talking about how great this thing was going to be. And then they finally deployed it when Godzilla showed up during an interview. And... They lose complete control of it. So it fights it for a little bit. It's a cool fight. Yeah, they uh, shoot it with missiles. It does nothing. And then they hit it with the Mazer, and that does something. And the God- the Godzilla's like, this is too weird. I'm, I'm going to bounce. And before it bounces, they try and fire the Absolute Zero Cannon at it. But then right before they pull the trigger, they lose control of Mecha Godzilla. So the ghost in the machine... Yes. Literally is like, no, I'm taking over. Oh, by the way, it's 1954. I'm going to fuck up the city again. Yeah, so it, it won't fire. He roar. The Mecha Godzilla roars, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting roar because it's like a metallic roar. It sounds like a, a an emergency alarm with a roar combined. Yeah. It's cool. And then when the head comes back down from doing the roar, you actually see that the eyes turned red. Mm-hmm. So when that's basically an indicator for the fact that the soul has now taken over. Yeah, so normally his eyes are yellow, but then when the soul takes over, they're red. Yes. Why'd you give me the weird look when I said yellow? Because I'm like, really? <laughs> yellow? Like, people say yellow like something's afraid. Like yeah, you're, you're, yellow, you're yellow-bellied. Yeah, it's yellow, though. If you say yellow, you're describing someone who's afraid. You're, Mechagodzilla's yellow. He... It, no, what? Yep. A machine is afraid. This 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 incarnation of him is afraid. He's a baby. All right. Anyways, I'm not gonna. I'm trying not to be biased towards. I'm already preparing for next God. month's episode. Yeah, you really are. You <laughs> shot. I'm trying to keep my mouth shut so hard because I have so many things to like. Like this is dumb. This is dumb. Oh, I'm this gonna have a dumb. hard time arguing with you. Next- just, it's just gonna be me sitting there while you yell at me. No, Dan will yell at me too. Yeah, probably. I'll need him to back me up. All right. So the my favorite part of when Mechagodzilla goes haywire and destroys the city is he literally just walks through a building. Yeah, it's such a cool. Like scene. the last thing he does, he just sees a tall building and it just walks through it like it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like what, what would happen? And it's such a cool shot. I love that scene. Um, and then so he goes on a rampage until he loses power. Yeah. And so, then he just puts his head down, just stands there in the sunset. Yep, so they, the military takes him back. They upgrade his weapons more, and then they also upgrade the computer so they get more control. Yeah, they uh, updated the computer so that Bizet found out why they lost control. It was because Godzilla roared really loud right before the cannon was going to be fired, mm-hmm. and that awoke the spirit. So they messed with the com- DNA computer so that wouldn't happen again. So, big fight round two. Uh... 
this the round two was uh i mean there's some human bullshit but honestly the the human stories in this movie two movies not great yeah not really it, it, and the first one just follows the pilot more or less it, that's about it and then the one in tokyo sos follows a family who wants to preserve godzilla and study it rather than kill it yeah uh, it's not a great human stories on these two which is fine like half godzilla movies wait hold on what? I think I'm wrong about that one. That was a different movie. Sorry. No, like they well, they want to like. There's the in the second one. There's the the kid, the guy who works on the the machine. He's a mechanic. Yeah, yeah. No, it. no. There's that. But I was the one I just described was a completely different movie. Oh well, <laughs> I caught my own lie. That's all right. What what was the movie I just described though? It, it's unimportant. Oh, the one I think I described was the one with Mega Gears that you don't like. I'm not. Mm, I'm, not get, I'm not getting to Mega Gears right now, Charles. Yeah, All that right. was the one I just described for the human story. Sorry. So, big fight round two. Yeah, big fight round two. He the shows up and cool shoulder. Fight. Yeah, he shows shoulder checks him immediately so he doesn't blow up a hospital where people are evacuating still. Um. Actually, that whole fight was actually pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a good fight. Um, I feel bad the first time I watched it, I fell asleep. Like, the big fights leading yeah, up to I, it. I remember when you told me, I was so disappointed. <laughs> I watched the whole movie, and then I fell asleep right before the big second fight. And I'm like, how dare you? Yeah, so I had to go rewatch it, and then I rewatched it a second time, and I almost fell asleep. So I just yeah, we, we have a friend that we went to movie theaters with, like an actual theater, and he'll pass out at all the good parts. And I had to call you out and say you pulled it, whoever that was. I didn't say, like, when he would do that and fall asleep movie, he'd be like, I don't know, I didn't like the movie that much. It was shit. Like, you were asleep for two-thirds of it. Yeah, like, like the, like the crowd is I didn't, cheering, and you're I passed didn't, out. Yeah, I didn't say this movie was shit, you know? <laughs> you were just tired. I was just tired. I'm a sleepy boy. I work hard. I'm a hard-working baby. You've seen how hard I work, and I still stay up till 2 in the morning. Um, so, yeah, describe the fight more, Charles. All right, so after his shoulder checks him to the ground, uh, he fires off missiles again. They have some effect at this point. Not really much, though. No, not really. But uh, he ducks a laser beam, which, holy shit, how do you duck? Well, not like He ducks his heat ray. Yeah. The f- the fact that you have to move fast enough as a robot that large to duck a heat ray. Which is interesting because the whole premise of Mechagodzilla is you're working on the reaction time of a human watching from far away. Yeah, so that dude had to predict that. Yeah, that, that was interesting. I wonder if part of that's just Godzilla taking over too, the, the ghost of the Godzilla. Uh, they said that the DNA computer takes over subroutines such as that, so they probably okay. have the computer helping with those situations. Yeah, because human reaction is only so fast. Yeah, and the fact that that blast like just shoots really freaking fast, mm-hmm. I don't think you would naturally be able to react to that. So, how does the fight end, Chuck? Uh, the fight... <laughs> Just bring up the beginning, just shoot straight to the end. Well, I mean, there's not, I mean, what a, oh, you, all right, so, more fight, they get hand-to-hand, Yeah, they're and there's some cool hand-to-hand stuff. Um, And then there's a point where Godzilla's laying on the ground, Kiryu grabs his tail and spins him around and chucks him across the city. That's true, I forgot about that. Um, Like, that was hilarious and awesome. To shoot that scene, they used half-scale models. Yeah, because of how difficult that would have been to pull off wearing actual suits. Would have been a lot of piano wire. Yeah. So they just used half-scale models, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And they basically put them on a spin table, spun them around, and then... Yep, that's pretty much it. Uh, They also used CG for certain parts of the fight. 
such as when he was flying through the air to do the shoulder check, and then whenever they actually, whenever they do the scenes where his jets are coming out of his legs and back, those are CG scenes too. Mm-hmm. I thought they were probably real, because he could have probably done something like that using a puppet. Or I mean, the fire was probably CG. Well, yeah, the fire, but but uh, and then towards the end of the fight, um, they get the order to fire off the cannon again. And uh, as he about fires it off, Godzilla does a cheap shot heat ray blast, knocking him backwards, like flipping him backwards. And the the cannon fires through three buildings and just turns him to dust. Yes. So again, we got Blue Ball and didn't get to see it hit Godzilla. Didn't get to see it got hit Godzilla. And then at some point, the pilot for the Mecha Godzilla has to get inside and pilot Mecha Godzilla from the inside. Yeah. So, so an issue that actually occurs in both movies is mm-hmm. if damage enough damage is done to the head of Kiryu, it damages the transmitter system where they control him. Mm-hmm. So if that happens, they have to either get someone down there to manually repair it, like they did in Tokyo SOS, or the pilot has to go in and manually control it, which she did for this one. Yeah. So. Then at that point, before they do the kill again, the ghost kind of takes over, grabs Godzilla, and it's going to fly him out to the ocean. Yeah, that was an SOS. That's in both of them. No, the first one, he doesn't take over in the second fight. Okay, well, she, she flies him out. That was the one the herring got stuck right. in her mouth. She pulled it out and right. point blanked him. So, right, but she grabs him and takes him out to the ocean. Yeah, she grabs him, takes him out to the ocean, and it detonates underwater. Blows a hole in Godzilla's chest, and then the absolute cannon and the arm are blown off of Kiryu. Yeah. And then that's it. She runs out of power there, but she used the cannon like twice. Right. And what what, what I meant by same ending is, I mean, it's basically flying out to the ocean. Kind of a mirrored image ending where they fly out to the ocean. That's where the fight ends. Mm -hmm. But that's about about it for the first one. The first one is good. It's not one of the best Godzilla movies, but it's... It's better than a lot. Yeah. SOS. All right. So SOS. SOS, on the other hand, is not as good. No. The human interactions in SOS are more focused around a guy who works on the repairs and maintenance of Godzilla. There's some interesting stuff because it does show some human things of him, like, going inside and repairing it. And he really does care for the machine. Yeah. But it's not enough to make me be like, I care about him. You know, and there's a whole scene with his, like, his nephew and this old man, and they're like, oh, yeah, we yeah, like Yeah, apparently the old man had some history with Mothra, which I need to look into and find out exactly what movie he's talking about. Because he's mentioning, like, something he probably did from another movie. It might have been the actual Mothra movie. Because if so, then that would mean that that takes place around that time. Well, that because still alive because they mentioned in nineteen six in this timeline in nineteen sixty three Mothra did show up to wreak havoc on Japan. Yeah, so I think and the original Mothra movie came out in sixty three, I believe. Yeah, so they're probably talking about that movie. So that movie might be canon to this timeline also. Yeah. So I guess, but that was a Showa movie though, right? So that's the connection between Millennium and Showa is that Mothra movie? Well, I mean, nineteen fifty four is definitely Showa. Yeah, but that movie is like the beginning of every series. True. So I don't really count that one because it's the sparking point for everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we have a connection between Showa and Millennium here. Yeah, I'm not. We're not 100 percent on that because I haven't watched the Mothra movie yet. Yeah, I I've seen it maybe once a long time ago. It it's an old movie. It's an old movie. I'm pretty sure that one's on Max too, right? So let's just describe the fight of 
of SOS. Yeah, because we'll just, honestly, we'll just talk the story fight. is kind of there. Yeah, I think there's only actually one fight in SOS, but it's like long and drawn out for like the whole almost third end of the movie. Yeah, it's a long fight. Yeah, like they built it up most of the movie, and then that's a really long fight. Which so basically, the human story: the military wants to continue to cure you. Um, the Shibojin show up and they're like, hey, use Mothra instead. It's bad to, it's unnatural to use the bones of the Godzilla. Yeah, so, so basically the Shibojin wants them to take Godzilla apart and lay the bones back to rest. Yes. Because what they did was against the natural order of life. Right. But sadly, the, the government says no, but once we kill Godzilla, we'll do that. Yeah. Also, they're shaky to use Mothra because Mothra did attack Tokyo 30 years earlier. Right, so they have a little bit of a trust issue there. Right. But when Godzilla does show up, they don't send Kiryu, Mothra shows up. Yeah. So there's a nice little fight between Mothra and Godzilla. Yeah. But they did eventually have to deploy Kiryu again because Mothra was starting to get his ass kicked. Yeah, she used the stun spore on him like a butterfree. Um, Didn't do a whole lot to Godzilla. It worked for a little while, worked but for then a it started to waver as she got weaker. Um, but also, these Shibojin can teleport and use telekinesis, and they're, like, in the city, but they're also on the, I'm guessing, their version of Infant Island, because there's a Mothra egg about to hatch. Yeah, it actually hatches twins. It hatches twins. So, both of those larvae come and help the mama fight. Yes, so we haven't done a Mothra episode yet, but Mothra has different stages. She has a larval stage, a cocoon stage, and then a stage where she turns into Mothra, yeah, the butterfly. So think the Caterpie moth. or Metapod from Pokemon. But much uglier. I don't like the Marvel... The, but the, dude, there's a, so there are some incarnations of Mothra that look pretty badass. No, no, no. Mothra herself is beautiful. Oh, you I, mean the larvae? Yes, I have an... Oh, yeah, no, they no, have no, butt Let faces. me talk for a second, Charles. <laughs> Go ahead. I have an emotional connection with Mothra. I love Mothra. Mothra is baby. I will do whatever it takes to protect Mothra. She is baby. Okay. Larval Mothra, that prehensile turd I could give two <laughs> shits about. Prehensile turd. It's a turd it that can like move. It looks like crawling shit, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it looks horrible. I hate larval form Mothra. But dude, like, I don't know if you saw the Rebirth of Mothra movies. Mm. Like, the first one, that larval Mothra is a boy. It can cloak itself and has a laser beam it fires. That's cool. Yeah. It's Does fucking... it look like a prehensile turd? Yes. Well, the, like, I, don't, I don't care. But it's a prehensile <laughs> turd that can fight. <laughs> so, so these baby Mothra show up, and they grab onto Godzilla's tail. They're kind of just running interference, you know, shooting the silly string on him. Yeah, so Caterpie's using string shot. Yeah. Uh, Kiryu does finally show up. It, it's, it's a close fight, but honestly, he needs a lot of help from, from the Mothra. And from the herrings running interference, too. Yeah. Like, for some reason, Godzilla got a power-up, or this Kiryu got a downgrade. Because he can't stand... Like, the fight's just not as close. It could be the pilot. They did have it, a different pilot. It is point. a different pilot. So begin- could- oh, yeah, we didn't mention this, but in the beginning of this movie, the original pilot from Against Mega Godzilla got shipped over to America for additional training. So they brought in the B-team. Which I believe was that guy that was a dick to her in the human I think I wasn't paying attention. Possibly. Because um, the human interactions of these movies, I just don't care. Um, but yeah, this dude's not as... You, you could say that he's just not as good. You could say that. I'll let you say that. Yeah. Um, so he needs a lot of help. And then the, my favorite scene in the whole movie. So he Mechagodzilla knocks over Godzilla. And he's like cocky. He's like, yeah, he walks up. He's about to hit him again. Godzilla tail whips him. 
trips him, and as he's falling, Godzilla atomic rays him in the eye. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. <laughs> and then throws him like, and the blast knocks Mechagodzilla back. Yeah, sweeps the leg to trip him, blasts him in the face with enough force to make him backflip while tripping. <laughs> And blows out the transmitter in the eye. Yeah, and then they had to go manually repair it. Yeah, so he's like, the Mechagodzilla is just down. So you gotta bring the one guy in to repair it. And there's a whole weird nationalistic thing where he's like, yeah, I'm gonna fix Godzilla for the country. Yeah, all the other mechanics are cheering and shit. Yeah, so it's like, it's whatever. There's a whole dirt bike sing in the subway. Kind of actually fun. Like, some fun in Him getting to the Mechagodzilla was actually pretty interesting. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Then he gets in there, he fixes it up, but the hatch won't open. Yeah, because while he was fixing it up, Godzilla blasted it with while shooting at the larvas mm-hmm. and oh, it sealed the door shut. While m- the baby Mothras show up, they talk to regular Mothra, they're conversing. Godzilla goes to blow them up. Mothra, the moth, sacrifices herself for the babies. Yeah, she takes the hit and just bursts, into, it bursts into flames and burns alive right in front of her babies. Yeah. Which, super traumatic. Sure. Like, their eyes go from blue to red traumatic. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Mothra is dead, but the baby Mothra is still there. So they finally repower Mechagodzilla up, and they fight a little more. The baby Mothra, the shit Mothras, <laughs> the turd Mothras, shoot the silly string, stick them, and then he hits them with the triple Mazer cannon. They're about to kill him. Then the ghost takes over. Yeah, and the reason that those Mazer cannons worked so well at that point was because... Uh, he was standing still. Well, that and uh, Kiryu, his uh, Mazer blade got replaced with that drill blade. Oh, right, right, And right. they drilled a hole in his chest where the original wound was. That so was cool. have a weak point to hit. That was cool, because you saw the yeah, hand spinning. Yeah, you saw it just tearing his flesh up. Yeah, you see it, like, really go into, like, to the wrist. Yeah, like, wrist deep. Like, so that hole, basically new hole. Yeah, right into Godzilla's chest or stomach cavity. Yeah, so they start hitting him with the triple hyper maser cannon, and then just for insult to injury, also the twin maser cannon from his mouth. So like five maser cool. cannons. Five maser cannons. Five maser cannons hitting one spot with a hole in the chest, probably where his heart is. The Quinta maser can- maser cannon. Um. So yeah, he gets covered in the silly string, and then the ghost takes over, flies him out to the sea, but the ghost knows that the guy is stuck inside. Yeah, so, so after one of the white herons shoot the door off, he rotates upside down so he can drop into the water before he crashes into the sea with Godzilla. Yep, and he gets out, and then the pilot from one of the herons jumps out, catches him. Which was... That just kind of seems like something Almost mathematically work. impossible. Yeah. But we're in a world with DNA computers and giant synthetic diamonds, so it's there. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, the Mechagodzilla and Godzilla hit the ocean. Mechagodzilla turns off forever. It's kind of ambiguous if Godzilla survives or not. Well, I'm pretty sure he's probably alive, but he's just kind of locked in place with a, essentially a corpse. Basically. Um, and then that's credits. There's an end credit scene. Did you know that, Charles? Did you know there was one for against two? Yeah, I don't remember what it was, though. Yeah, it was just more human shit. Yeah. Uh, the end credit scene for SOS is they they have they confirm the military has DNA of Godzilla. Yeah, they so, just kind of log it away in a vault. Log it away in a vault. It's probably from when they shredded his chest with the Ambiguous grill. to say that they could make a new Mechagodzilla out of that DNA. Yeah, but they didn't. But, yeah. Those are the two Mechagodzilla movies from the show. Oh, one thing that pissed me off about the SOS. So, they never, the Japanese actually never say Mechagodzilla in the entirety 
of Tokyo SOS. They say Kiryu. And and in in against God, Mechagodzilla, they say Mechagodzilla twice. The translation on the fucking screen, though, almost every time says Mecha-G or Mechagodzilla whenever they say Kiryu. Oh, for the subtitle? Yes. I actually watched them in English dub. I didn't watch the English dub. I if watched you, the subtitle. If you watch them in English dub, they do say Mecha-G a few times. Do they ever say Kiryu? I think when they first posted the name, when like for press shit, maybe. So they say Mecha G and Mecha Godzilla in the English. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, and then in the sub, the the translation on the screen says Mecha G or or Mecha Godzilla. Almost never says Kiryu. That's weird. That is really fucking like, weird. It's designated as Kiryu. Why would yeah. they have the subtitle? Why not just say Kiryu? Apparently, we're it's not, a cool fucking we're not name. Smart enough to get that, I guess. It's a cool name. It is. Yeah. Um, like so Machine Dragon is pretty cool. Machine Dragon is a cool word. And Kiryu is just fun to say. I've been trying so hard not to make a Yu-Gi-Oh! reference to this. <laughs> and you're not dropping a Yu-Gi-Oh! reference on this show. Dude, Charles. Cyber Dragon. No! <laughs> <laughs> Alright. That is Kiryu, a.k.a. Mechagodzilla, the Millennium Era. What do you think, Charles? Where does this land on the tier, tier list of... Uh, I actually really like this incarnation of Mechagodzilla, so I put him in like my personal top five favorites. I didn't say your where's the tiers? S tier, A tier. Oh, you mean the tiers. Oh, okay. yeah. Um well with the absolute canon, if it ever actually hit something, I'd put him at least A tier. I think if absolute canon is as devastating as they say it is, we never get to see it, he's S tier. Yeah. So long as he gets enough time to charge it. Without it, he's A tier. I'm I'm putting him at A tier because of the battery life situation when using mm-hmm. the cannon. Because if he misses, that's half his power gone. Almost. Forty percent. Yeah. So he could only potentially you fire get two one. shots. I am only gonna say one shot because he's probably using up a good amount of power before that shot. So after that, he probably wouldn't have enough for a second. Hmm. So that's why I say a tier. Yeah, a war of attrition. You you win out against him if you can dodge the absolute zero. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I say I still say S tier if you can get the hit the land. You know. Yeah. But yeah, if the hit lands S tier possibly low S tier if even if he like runs out of power and they get time to recharge him with the white herrings. So I'd say high A tier, low S tier. Yeah. I mean I do I think he could beat Rodan? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um I don't even think he would need the cannon for that. No. Could he beat uh I think he could a probably King Ghidorah? I don't think probably so. Probably not. Considering King Ghidorah uses electrical based attacks, it'd probably short out his transmitter pretty yeah, easily. I don't think he could be King Ghidorah. So anything with an electrical based attack, I'd say probably not. But if he hit him with the absolute zero, possible. Possibly. He'd have to start with that on Ghidorah yeah. while Ghidorah's like standing there being cocky. But, but there was a there was a fucking line in against where the one nerdy scientist is like, Oh, you never start with your ultimate finisher first. That's not how fights go. Yeah, it's, it's like, like they're they're calling out like every <laughs> Every movie when they did, so it's like no, you would. But if you, you, if you did, if you want to win, you start with the main weapon. Yeah, if you're fighting the King Ghidorah, or if you're fighting the Godzilla. Yeah, I think should. that was just a reference to anyone who got that joke. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a dumb throwaway line, but it's like <laughs> fuck you, dude. It's like it explains like every movie though. All right, so thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, let us know your thoughts on who's the better Godzilla, sh- Mech- who's the better Mecha Godzilla, Showa or Kiryu, because we're going to argue about it next episode. Yeah, remember, we're not taking Super Mecha Godzilla into account here because he is clearly the winner of the three. He's a big beefy boy. He's like yeah, double or twice size. the height, probably twice the weight. Yeah, and, and he actually beat his Godzilla. So. Let's do a wrap-up here, Chuck. Plugs. Uh, you can check out my other show, Lost Legends Tales of Thern. It's a D&D real-play podcast. 
Uh, it's a ton of fun. Season 2 is wrapping up real soon, so if you want to binge, you got about 50 episodes to do so. Also, I just recorded the other day for the podcast Mission Spooky, where it's a paranormal podcast, but they do a tabletop game situation where they have one of their co-hosts fight different cryptids in a D&D style, and I was the guest DM. It's called Cord vs. Cryptid on Mission Spooky. That'll be out later this month or next month, so check them out. Friend of the show, shout out Kiki, what's up? Uh... Follow me on the t- follow our show on the Twitter and Instagram at Godzilla DAP. Follow my personal Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at Hey Yo Logan Vo. Uh, my TikTok, I do a lot of cool resin videos where I'm making stuff out of resin and whatnot. Epoxy resin, not not weed resin, Charles. I know. <laughs> Why did you ask me that? Uh, yeah, and that's all I got. Chuck, you got anything to plug? Still nothing. Still nothing. Still nothing. Wrap it up, Chuck. I thank God for Godzilla.